Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome to the show. People watching on YouTube can see me put on my headphones at the last minute. Boy, somebody had this volume of louder. Wow. I want to blow my eardrums out. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Great to be along with you. What a great day of sports yesterday was, and today is a dandy. I just love the AFC NFC championship afternoon. You know, today I'm going to coach my girls, my sixth grade team. They are off to a great start. Can't wait to see them. We won yesterday. Then after that game, get a little lunch, put a fire in the fireplace and just settle in with an adult beverage and watch the first game, the 49ers and the Eagles. The second game, the Chiefs and the Bengals. I have picks. I'm going to give them right now. First, I'm going to give my picks, uh, the picks, from my friend, Andrew Price. So I went to UCP, uh, United Cerebral Palsy. Great, great people. I've uh, been uh, friends with Andrew for, gosh, I don't know, Andrew, how long has it been? 12 years? He's a KMOX listener. He's our number one KMOX listener, I would say. He's listening right now. Uh, Andrew's an amazing young man, although you're you're not a young man anymore, Andrew. You're you're uh, you're a big boy now, buddy. You're, you're, uh, you're rolling with the big boys here, and... Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but I went against him. So we're, we picked against each other and I went over to UCP on Thursday and he greeted me and on his wheelchair was a sheet of paper with the two games. And I knew what that meant. It's time for us to pick. And I let him pick first and he went 49ers and he went chiefs. I knew he was going to go chiefs. I just knew it. And so I'm going oppo here. I'm going Eagles, and I like the Bengals today. And you know what, Andrew? I love you. I love you like a brother. But I love my picks here. I like the Eagles in this game this afternoon. I think they're hot as can be. I'm going with the hot hand both times. I think 49ers are solid. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's a great, great football team over there. This is a different animal. This team's better than the Cowboys. Uh, I like this Eagles team. Now, I will admit I picked wrong. I mean, yep. my Super Bowl was Bills Cowboys, and what I saw the 49ers, how they were able to keep the Cowboys at bay, tells me something about their defense. 
Uh, the Bills disappointed me, but look, it's been you know a great season for them and a lot of stories, a lot of tough times, a lot of overcoming. Uh, but that Bengals team was phenomenal last week, just phenomenal. And, and I think they're going to come in all iced out, wearing their all whites again, and they're going to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And, you know, the Chiefs fans are all fired up. I know that the, the tailgates are going and, and that crowd will be loud and fun and it always is. But they're also very nervous. If you ask a Chiefs fan straight up, they know. They know this is a tough, tough, tough opponent in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow runs a great offense. He has no fear whatsoever. He'll play in any condition. It doesn't matter. They they throw the ball well. Joe Mixon runs the ball extremely well. And the offensive line, unbelievable. I mean, just, you know, I I, I saw the the offensive line coach, that clip where he said, you know, you gave everybody a big collective F you. Uh, and I said, I think it's time to name the Bengals offensive line, the big collective. Uh, they're going to come out and they are going to win this football game today. And that offensive line is the one that inspired them all. And I think they'll play great. Now, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, I know that part of this and part of my reason for this is the fact that he is banged up, that he has a high ankle sprain, and I think he'll be really good. I just don't know if they can do enough to beat this Bengals team. The best thing the Chiefs can do is go with a shorter passing game. Maybe he can fling a few and get open, but... Uh, get himself free to, to fire a few, and he may have some time, but he's not going to be the same Mahomes. And how do they account for that? It's, you know, he's had a week now of that thing's swelling. It's just, it concerns me big time. Uh, Travis Kelsey has back spasms. He, he had some treatment Friday, Saturday. He's good to go, but man, you absolutely need him. And you got to have a good running. There's just too many things that have to go right for the Chiefs to beat the Bengals. And the Bengals, I don't see a lot of weakness except for the offensive line, and they showed me that they can handle it quite well. Uh, so I like the Bengals in that game, and I like the Eagles in the first game. I'm sorry, Andrew, uh, but we'll see. Now, we have a bet on the line, so I don't know. It's, it's you know, we have to give each other something. So if I win this, he's got to give me something. If he wins it, I give him a prize. If we tie, it carries over to the Super Bowl. Okay. So, Andrew, it's on, buddy. Let's see what happens. Uh, here in this AFC-NFC Championship Day. Great, great day. Uh, college basketball, what a day yesterday for the University of Missouri. The Tigers basketball program is rolling right now, and they've had some tough losses. I mean, they got flattened by Alabama. Uh, they didn't have Kobe Brown, though, in that game, and that's a big factor. Kobe Brown had 20 points, and Mizzou smoked Iowa State by a final of 78-61. And let me tell you, Iowa State is really good. I mean, that team is no pushover uh, whatsoever. Anybody. I mean, they can beat anybody in the country. They are ranked 12th in the nation, but they might be even better than that. I mean, that is a a, a legitimate Elite Eight contender, and Missouri made them look like uh, chopped liver. I mean, they carved them up. 78-61, 78-61, the final in that one. You had Kobe Brown going 6-for-9 from the floor, made all of his free throws, all seven of them. had 20 points, but he also had 12 boards. They were so strong on the glass. Sean East had four assists in the game. Uh, you know, this Missouri team got out-rebounded in the game. Um, but, 
you know, they made things count when they had to. They didn't turn the ball over. You know, that that's that Iowa State team is big and strong and physical, and Missouri just rotates these experienced, quick, good shooters. They also have some size, but they just have really good guards that know how to get open and knock down shots. And they held their own against Iowa State and won the game 78-61. I thought that was really impressive what the Tigers did yesterday in front of a raucous crowd. Dennis Gates has it going now. He got everybody enthused. He said, please, come out. you got to support us. Come out, come out, come out. And then he gave them something. You know, He's given them a great product. And so he's lived up to what he said. Now, they've won three of four after that tough stretch where they got beat by A&M in Florida. And, again, the loss to Alabama. But Alabama's great. I know Alabama got destroyed by the Sooners yesterday, but they're still the number two team in the nation for another day. They're going to be a top-ten team. They're going to be tough to deal with in the NCAA tournament. That's not a terrible loss. Uh, beating Arkansas at home was very important. Going on the road and beating Ole Miss by a dozen was very important. But this one's the win. Now you beat another ranked team. That's four ranked teams Missouri has beaten, and now Missouri is a legitimate threat uh, in the NCAA tournament. Just depending on how they're seated, they could get a bad matchup. But if they get a favorable matchup, you just never know. They could make a run. If you look at their schedule right now, you know, they've got LSU at Mississippi State, South Carolina, before they play at Tennessee, which will be another big uh measuring stick for them and an opportunity to score a huge win. This all helps in seeding for the tournament. They're they're going to get in the tournament. I mean, if they continue to to fly like they are near the top half of the SEC, they're going to be just fine. Iowa State, I'll remind you, beat K-State, one of the best teams in the country, beat Texas like a drum. Uh, they, they've won some big games this year. They lost at Allen Fieldhouse by just two points. Now they get hammered by Missouri by 17. And that is no fluke. That's a good Missouri team right now that people are dealing with, and and they're coming together just at the right time. Uh, SLU is on a six-game winning streak. We're going to talk to Travis Ford coming up here at 1030. He'll join us live. His team won on Friday, beating Davidson. They will play at Fordham, and then they get the huge game Friday night against VCU. I mean, just you want to pack that place. You want that to be a crowd that won't let VCU leave without hearing them through the night, you know, like ringing in their ears, nightmare type crowd. That's what you want. If you're slew, you want to establish that you are the team in the Atlantic 10. So these two teams are fighting at the top of the league. And that is going to be a fun night on Friday night at Chaffetz arena. If you don't have a ticket for that, I would get it now. If they're not sold out already, Illinois is very good. They beat Wisconsin on the road. 61 51 Matthew Meyer. What a talent he is. He had 26 points, also played some good defense. Illini held Wisconsin to 33% shooting, and they won the game 61-51. Bit of a slugfest, but that's always the case against Wisconsin. They slow the game down. You just do what you have to do to win the game, and they really pushed Wisconsin around, and they won that game, out-rebounded the Badgers, did what they had to do as well uh, to pick up a victory 61-51 on the road. Looking at the OVC, team to keep an eye on is Southeast Missouri State. Now, they won 79-68 over Eastern Illinois. They kind of flew under the radar. SIUE got a lot of attention because they beat SLU. But Southeast Missouri State, they went sub-500 in the non-conference, but they've gone 7-3 and three now in the OVC. They are tied for first. You know, they're fighting for a number one seed in that tournament. And somebody 
possibly in this region, either Southeast Missouri State or SIUE, or I guess conceivably Lindenwood if they were to go on a miracle run. But one of those two could get in the NCAA tournament. You could have five teams in this region in the NCAA tournament. Mizzou, Illinois, SLU, I think we've established those three. Southern Illinois, who plays today, they're at the top right now of the Valley. And either SIUE or Southeast Missouri State. Uh, SIUE lost yesterday. They fell to Moorhead State 55-50, another contender for the number one seed in the in the league. So it's not a terrible loss necessarily, but one they really wanted to get. Southeast Missouri State uh, handed it to Marty Simmons in Eastern Illinois 79-68, so congrats to them. Tennessee State beat Lindenwood 83-66. That's your college hoops. Travis Ford is coming up next. We have at 10:45 Rebecca Tillett, the women's coach at SLU. They beat Fordham last night. Had fun calling that one, 87-84. They were clearly the underdog in that game and tipped the scales and won that one by three. She's got a program moving now. You can just tell. It's going to be a good program for a long time, I think. Then at 11.15, back to Mizzou basketball with Tom Hart of ESPN and SEC Network. 11.30, Mike Gersh, general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, will be with us. 11.45, our Blues breakdown. They lost to the Avalanche 4-2. to They've lost four in a row. Started out really slow. Then came alive, but too late, and the Stanley Cup champs jumped them early and won it by a couple of goals, 4-2. to two. Blues breakdown, a lot of players and Coach Craig Berube near the back end of the show. That's our show, Sports on a Sunday Morning. We'll talk a little more about what happened in Australia next with Novak Djokovic winning. A couple other big sports headlines before we get Travis Ford at the bottom of the hour from the Stiefel Sports Studio. It's a Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Max Homa won the Farmers Insurance Open. I thought that was cool. He's one of my favorite players. Max is really great. He's great on Twitter. That's kind of what got me attracted to him. I I like the personality of of the player coming out. You know, golf for a long time. Uh, needed great personalities, and they did. You know, Arnold Palmer was really one of the first that everybody just, you know, Arnie's army. They wanted to be around him, see him, big personality, and also a phenomenal player. And I think through the years, the players understood that, marketed themselves, and became great personalities. I'm not saying that Homa is Arnold Palmer, but, you know, some of these players that can uh, show up and, and play great and also be good, friendly, fun personalities. He's got a a uh, little baby and his wife was there and you know you you sort of have followed his life if you have I have on social media I like that I like that when we watch a player that we're not just watching a machine hitting a golf ball we're actually watching a human being because sports are about uh, triumphs and failures and often a lot of failures you know these guys don't win a lot of tournaments they go out and they play and they lose them you know even when they finish second it's a loss only one person can emerge and so I think it's it's a fun storyline when you get to know somebody like Max Homa who is uh, coming right out of the gate here in 2023 with a great tournament win in San Diego at Torrey Pine. So congrats to him. Meanwhile, Novak Djokovic, that's a totally different human story. As you recall, you know, he had, um, he was deported from Australia. He was deported from Australia because he was not vaccinated against COVID-19. So, you know, whatever side you were on on that, and it was talked about and talked about throughout the pandemic. Um, you had, maybe you didn't have a take, or some did. You know, some believe, well, he's not vaccinated. He's, that's the rule's the rule. 
and others thought, well, you shouldn't be, um, you know, you shouldn't be have to be told what to do. You know, is is the thought on on that side of the argument? Well, anyway, Novak Djokovic, it's a human interest story because after all of that, he goes back to Australia this year and he wins the Australian Open, and he was very emotional about it, and he really wasn't challenged last night or early this morning either. Uh, he was just better. Uh, Stefano Sissipas lost in straight sets, six three seven six seven six to Novak Djokovic. Let me tell you where he's been now. He has won the Australian Open 10 times. That is a record. Nobody's done it. 10 Australian Open titles for Novak Djokovic. He ha- now has 22 Grand Slam titles. 22 major singles Grand Slam titles. That is tied for the all-time record with Rafael Nadal. Roger Federer had that record for a long time. Then Nadal passed him, and now Djokovic has tied Nadal. 22 all-time for Djokovic. And here's another one. He's won 13 hard-court titles, 13 major titles on the hard-court. He is tied for the most all-time with Serena Williams. That's some serious company here. Novak Djokovic, does he get mentioned as the greatest tennis player of all time? I don't know that he does. Nadal, Federer, for a long time, Sampras, a lot lot of those players got that title. Djokovic, when it's all said and done, may be. Uh, He will be number one in the ATP rankings. He has held that for more weeks than any other man uh, in history of tennis. He is going to go from number five back to number one. So Novak Djokovic wins the Australian Open. His unbeaten streak in Melbourne, if you're curious, is 28 matches. That's the longest run at the tournament for a man in the Open era. That dates back to 1968. That's just insane. So congrats to to Novak Djokovic. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we have a chat with Travis Ford, the head coach of the St. Louis Billikens. His team has won six in a row. They're seven and one in the Atlantic 10. They are on fire and they are on KMOX. Next. It's on Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Driving jam time. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Touchdown, Kansas City! Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday Morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to the show. Tom Ackerman with you. Our visit with Travis Ford is sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri. Let's go to Davidson, North Carolina, Belk Arena, the Billikens taking on Davidson. Balance for Pickett. Wants the hard drive on the freshman. Backs the big down. Head fake. Up and under. Spins. Window. Yes! Actually, he just scooped it yes, in. Yes, that was Javante Pikinovich with the Euro step and spin. Wow. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> That's fun. Bob Ramsey, Earl Austin Jr. with the call. Javon Pickett led the Billikens in scoring with 14 points. Javante Perkins had 13. Double figures for Gibson Jimerson. He had 11. And the Billikens win the game. Yuri Collins, 12 points, 10 assists, six double-double of the season. Travis Ford, that was some win over Davidson on Friday night. Congratulations. Well, thanks, Tom. Good to be with you at uh... – it was a, a good road win, um, you know, on, on national television on Friday night uh, in a place that's uh, given us trouble. You know, obviously, we've had a tough time uh, over there and really proud of the team. Total team effort. Uh, you know, you had the Javon Pickett clip there. He really, really played well for us. Uh, I thought Yuri did a great job of managing the game. Um, you know, there were swings within the game. And I thought Yuri just did a great job of managing uh, and having great poise throughout the game, getting guys shots where they needed them. But a really good road victory. Yeah, really nice win. And I know Davidson is a 500 team going into that. And with a record of 3-5 and five in the league, that would tell me they probably want that even more. I mean, they'd probably be an even tougher opponent for you. And there's no uh, cupcake in the A-10, especially when you play at Davidson. That is one of the great places in college hoops. No, you're right. It, it you know you could throw records out. They had come. They would just come off a big road victory, uh, and it was sold out Friday night. They announced a sellout crowd there. Um, you know it was a big game uh, for both of us. But you know you're always trying to put your best foot forward when you're on national television, especially the home site. And they packed it out. Their students were right there by the bench, and boy, they were uh, boisterous and saying some. Uh, some 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 crazy stuff and uh they were right there and it was uh it was a hard fault it was a very intense game i don't know how much i haven't you know talked to a few people they you know didn't know if you could feel it through the tv or what but it was a really intense game from beginning to end yeah absolutely i mean you can and and you know i love smaller venues like that a place holds yep. 44 4500 and just right. gets loud and nasty yep. you know yep. 
That's fun. Oh, it was stuff. nasty. <laughs> That's a good word for it. They were nasty. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to experience that, but yeah. uh, but still, you know, it's. That's one of those where you just get through it. And here's the other thing is you came out hot in the first half. You hit your first eight shots from the floor, first four from three. Uh, did you know that it was going to be like that? I mean, do you see something in the shoot-around that tells you that things are good? Do you do you get that indication? No, not really through shoot-around. I will say this. we There were some things on film that we had studied that we thought we could – kind of exploit uh, early uh, and then teams start to make adjustments. But uh, we were able to, you know, notice a few things on film and attack a few areas and a few people and do certain things that our guys did a great job of. The only problem with that time, we scored our first eight, but I think we were still only up one or two. (laughs) We weren't weren't guarding anybody on the other end. They were scoring the exact same amount as we were. Yeah, and they had the lead at halftime, too. What did you do in the second half? What was the adjustment? How did you uh, finally overtake them? Well, the biggest thing was, again, and we're trying to study this over the last day or so, we found ourselves in extreme foul trouble. You know, we ended the half, the last four minutes, we ended it with Yuri on the bench, Javante on the bench, Francis uh, was on the bench, um, and then one other guy, I can't it might have been TJ, I can't remember. We had four guys with two fouls, uh, and three of those, I think, had them at about the seven-minute mark. So we had to play the last five, six, seven minutes of the first half, um, you know, without uh, without, you know, some starters in there. But we were able to, you know, just be down four, uh, you know, so that wasn't bad. We thought if we get everybody back in the second half, stay out of foul trouble, we did think at halftime talking about it. Once we get everybody going, everybody playing together, we thought we would make a run at it. Uh, and and that's kind of the difference. Yuri got to play, you know, the whole second half. Javante really made some big buckets in the second half, and he got two fouls with a lot, I think, eight and a half minutes to go in the first half, so he didn't play the rest of the half. Um, so he got to play and really started making some big shots. Uh, Francis, you know, Francis probably could have had 20, but we couldn't keep him out of foul trouble except for the second half. We were able to just, uh, you know, put a, you know, apply a little bit more pressure, uh, and and then we're able to go at them a little bit more offensively. We only had, I think 30 points at halftime, something around there. Yeah, and he scored, uh, Okoro did, eight points in 18 and a half minutes. That's all he was able yeah. to play, as you mentioned, because of his four fouls. Perkins had four fouls. You mentioned that as well. Uh, you were able to get a Yuri Collins special, a double-double. He does it again, and the Billikens get that win by a final uh, of 74 to 70. So you've now won six in a row. You're 7-1 and one in the Atlantic 10. I you, I heard you talking about Davidson's home court advantage and and all that stuff, and I started thinking about the VCU game. But hold on, there's another game here. You've got one at Fordham. How good is Fordham, Travis Ford? Well, I'll say it's not the Fordham we all know uh, of lately, uh, uh, not even close. They wouldn't even resemble it. Um, this team is 17 and four, uh, has won four in a row in conference play, and three of those were on the road. Uh, I think that should say enough. They are, I've been watching film on them all day today and yesterday and uh, extremely uh, talented team. Got some really good score. Got a transfer from Georgia Tech at the four spot. Uh, got them out of the transfer portal who's 
had 30 points yesterday. He's averaging about 16 points a game for them. It's changed their team uh, immensely because he's a big physical presence at the four and can score. Uh, they play, uh, they're, they're going to junk up the defense. They're going to play all kinds of gimmick defenses uh, and, and a lot of pressure, but they're going to go what's called a, a, a tandem in three where they'll put three guys guarding your best shooters and put the other two in a tandem in the zone. Uh, they'll go box and one. They'll do a little bit of everything. Uh, and, and it's, 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 you know, it's been working. Uh, been very, very impressive to watch them on tape. Uh, they've got a big kid inside uh, from Ukraine, uh, from Kaviv, Ukraine, who is starting at the five spots, a really talented 6'10", 6'11", young man that can score with his right or left hand. So, yeah, we, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a great, great challenge Tuesday night uh, at Fordham. Tandem in three. I'm going to write that down. I might try to use yeah. it. I might use a tandem in three today uh, yeah. for our game this afternoon. Uh, I like that. So – this Fordham team, and that's the thing, is that you'll have guys like me on the air hyping up this game on Friday night. VCU, let's go. You know, get out there, get your popcorn. VCU, VCU, and the players are, you know, they're on social media. They hear all that stuff. It's obviously the coaching staff's job to continue to focus on the task at hand, and that's Fordham. But it doesn't sound like that's been much of an issue. I mean, you've talked earlier in the season about this team being focused. They look pretty focused uh, right now. Yeah, they have been. Um, you know, we've we've played so many games away from Shapitz of lately. Um, you know, probably more as far as starting a conference play. I don't know if I've ever had so many road games. I think out of our first nine games, six of them are going to be on the road. Um, and guy, you know, you have to be focused. Not that you don't have to be focused at home, but uh, you know, when you walk into hostile environments, you know, all you have is just your team that uh, you got to really rally around each other, support each other, and play through mistakes. That's the biggest thing that can get you on the road is you make a couple mistakes and your team gets down. We've done a good job of just playing through mistakes, playing through adversity, just worrying about the next play. And, you know, guys have, uh, you know, seem to have gained a little bit of confidence through that. So, Hopefully it continues. You never know. It's game to game. Uh, you know, every game presents a different type challenge, depending on who you're playing, their style of play, their personnel. Uh, and Fordham is just that. They uh, they present a different challenge in how they defend uh, and things like that. So, you know, yeah, we better be focused. Yeah, just look at VCU. You know, they lost to St. Bonaventure yesterday at home, 61-58. You cannot uh, take any nights off in the A-10, not saying the VCU did, but everybody yeah. is capable of beating anybody, no doubt. So you have a half-game lead right now. You're the first-place team in the Atlantic 10. You've got Fordham and then VCU. Uh, you also have, and final thing here is I hosted your coach's show on Monday with Corey Tate, and it was so much fun. I mean, it's just two guys talking ball. We had a great time over at the field house, and he said so many great things about you. One of them was that first year that you were together that you called him into your room and you said, you know, hey, I want to know, are you with me? You know, let's let's do this together. And, you know, we can do a lot of great things together. And the two of you have developed a friendship and a partnership here. I just thought maybe you could return the favor as to what Corey Tate uh, has meant to you and your program? Oh, gosh, I don't know if we have enough time. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I do. I remember that meeting because, you know, uh, I, I thought the world of Corey, first of all, and I, I had been around him a ton in the past other than through recruiting and different things. But 
you know, our short time at that time, we'd been together for, gosh, six, seven months, whatever it was. But I started to realize just uh, how, what a great mind he had for the game, the relationships he had with the players and the community and, uh, you know, and his loyalty. And, uh, and, and I also started realizing how difficult this was going to be, you know, that, all right, we're, you know, this was a tough deal we took over. Uh, and it's going to take some time. It's going to take some longevity. It's going to take, you know, this thing's not going to happen overnight. And uh, just wanted to let him know how much I believed in him and uh, how much I appreciated uh, all he had done to that point. And, uh, you know, we just need to stick it out because, you know, that was a first year or so was pretty tough uh, as far as in the win-loss column. And, uh, you know, and since then we've grown. Uh, it's not a working relationships it's more like a family relationships i I tell our players all the time if you want to learn how to build relationships and how to uh, enrich relationships study Corey tate he just has a great relationships with people uh you know whether it be uh you know people in the community whether it be players whatever it may be he's just uh genuinely cares about relationships uh, and uh, he doesn't take it for granted, but has a great mind for the game uh, and somebody who is, uh, you know, I consider a brother. And uh, we've been, uh, you know, been through a lot in the last six and a half or so years and uh, couldn't couldn't want anybody else by my side to like, uh, than, than him. He's just terrific. That's really well said. If people only knew, and they do now through, through the radio and other ways, they learn how close these coaching staffs are and, and what – how much they are like family and they really are family. So that that's well said. Uh, so you have Fordham on Tuesday night at six o'clock, by the way, the women beat Fordham last night. I was there for that. That was awesome. Uh, they get the win uh, over Fordham and we'll hear from Rebecca Tillett coming up in the next segment. Uh, I know you're pretty happy to see what's going on there. No, it's impressive. Uh, really impressive. Uh, what uh, Rebecca's doing, um, you know, first years are never easy. We just talked a little bit about it. Uh, and to beat a Fordham team, Fordham's been one of the better teams in our league over the last couple of years. Fordham is, you know, got a really, really good women's basketball program. Uh, and so that was a huge, huge win. You can see this team. I've seen it from outs. You know, I'm here every day, but from the outside looking in, you can see them getting better every single day. And, uh, you know, they're definitely headed in the right direction. But an exciting big win yesterday against Fordham, really big win. Yeah, it was fun. Good atmosphere, too. And I know you're going to have one on Friday night against VCU. you got some work until then, but that is uh, something. If it's not sold out now, I'm, I think it's going to get close. So I'd encourage people to grab a ticket for that Friday night against VCU, Travis Ford. Well, we uh, we hope so. Uh, it, you know, VCU's a really good basketball team. Uh, you know, we hope to sell it out. Great crowd. Be loud. Um, should be a, a fun and exciting game. Thank you for the time, as always. I appreciate this. Sponsored by Royal Banks of Missouri. Have a great rest of your day, and good luck uh, in the Bronx. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. See ya. Travis Ford with us on KMOX. Our producers, Drew Young. I'm Tom Ackerman. Coming up next, a visit with Rebecca Tillett, the head coach of the St. Louis University women's basketball team. What a win. 33 points for Kyla McMakin. It's next. It's on. Touchdown, Kansas City! Welcome back to sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. You are listening to sports on a Sunday morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. She wants a screen. 
Martinez to McMakin, left baseline, jumper short, faded away, rebound Martinez. Kicks it out to McMakin, puts up a layup, good on the drive. Kyla McMakin drives to the left side and Slew reclaims the lead. 73-71 with four and a half to go. She takes a shot, missed it short, rebound McMakin to Martinez. Up ahead for Flowers, layup good for Brooke Flowers in transition. 82-74 is the Billiken lead with 118 to go. Dingle to the free throw line, throws it right side. Three ball on the way from McQuillan is no good. Rebound to Pa. Puts up a shot, no, she kicks it out for three. It is no good, and the rebound taken by McMakin, and she's fouled with 1.8 seconds left. Next one from McMakin. It's in the air. It's no good. Quick rebound, DePas has to let it go. No! Misses the three-quarter length shot. Slew wins the game, 87-84 over Fordham. Tom Ackerman with you courtside, joined by head coach Rebecca Tillett. Wow, I mean, that had it all. Congratulations. It really did. You know, what a game for our women, just being really tough. I mean, that's something that we've been talking about. Um, You know, there was definitely drama in that game, adversity, runs, great plays by both teams, and I thought our women just stayed the course. And, you know, there were multiple moments where you could see leaders on the team, Julia, Brooke, Kyla, basically either verbally saying it or saying it with their body language. We are not losing this game. Like, we are going to find a way to do it. And they did it. Great, great job by our women. That was a physical basketball game. That team over there plays hard and tough. They really do. And, you know, they're top three in the league for a reason, for all of those reasons. I thought um, our women executed the game plan at a really high level. And we had to adjust along the way because we'd, we'd maybe take one thing away and then they would attack something else. And I think our women did a great job adjusting. So let's take it by pieces. You come out hot. You come out on a 9-0 run. They respond with an 8-0 run. But you close out that first quarter with an incredible flurry. You're up by 12 at that point. Then they come back. What do they do to to come out in that? And they, they cut it to 11. It was 11 at the half. They come out in the third quarter with some full-court pressure. They really did. You know, I, I think that bothered us a little bit, which is not something that usually bothers us. I think we had some adversity in the game. You know, Camry got injured in the game. There are just a couple things going on. Uh, Ken was in foul trouble. Julia was doing everything right, but her layups weren't going in, you know, so there were just some adversity moments that our team had to respond to. And, um, you know, it was a moment in the huddle where we're like, guys, we have to draw the line somewhere because we are able to get a lead on, you know, everybody we play at some point in time. And so how are we going to do that and hold it? And I think this was a really important one for our women to know that they can do that. They can hold the lead. We saw Cameron on crutches there at, uh, on the sideline, and we certainly wish her the best. As you mentioned, Kennedy had three fouls in the first quarter, yep. uh, but she comes right back out there and is playing and, and does an admirable job of staying off the score sheet from that point. On the score sheet, however, is everybody. But let me, let me, let me talk about, first of all, you mentioned Julia Martinez. She has 13 assists, 12 rebounds, couldn't put the ball in the basket, but played 39 minutes and came away that shy, four points shy of a triple-double. Yeah, really, really incredible effort by her. I mean, one of the huge plays she made at the end was a a deflection into a steal opportunity where they were really had a little bit of momentum. And I think she just has that will to, you know, help her team in whatever way she can on any given night. You know, nine assists at halftime, then came back out and got four more in the second half. I mean, her rebounding. I mean, she's one of the best guard rebounders in the league. 
And she's averaging a double-double for us in conference play. It's incredible. It was. Uh, Brooke Flowers, they, they had a lot of trouble stopping her in the post when you got it to her. 23 points and 10 rebounds for Brooke. Yeah, I think it's a combination of things with Brooke. Um, she's she's coming into her own of being really aggressive offensively. Our team's coming into their own of utilizing that skill set and finding her. And I think this is a big response because she played really well at Davidson. So obviously Fordham had a little bit of plans for her, and she still found her moments. Um, she was really special in transition and got some critical rebounds in the second half. She was terrific. Peyton Kennedy off the bench, 17 points. Talk about tough. Five rebounds. She was involved in just about everything, it seemed. She really was. All over the floor. Um, you know, really has a nice connection in terms of you can tell when teammates have played together for a long time, right? Julia, Peyton, and Brooke have a way of finding each other, a knack that they know, hey, she might go right here, and then they find each other. I thought Peyton was really special for us off the bench tonight, and that makes us more dangerous when we have people coming off the bench that the other team has to prepare, prepare for in that way. And finally, the person we're going to talk to here in a second, and that's Kyla McMakin. 33 points. She knocks down three threes. She finds wherever it is on the floor. One of the hardest things to do in basketball is get open without the ball, and they're all over, and she still drops in 33. Yeah, I thought she had a really special night in terms of her patience and efficiency and finding the right play at the right time. Uh, we told her at halftime we thought it was the best defensive half we'd seen from her yet this season, um, and we were really thrilled about that for her growth and development. Um, but she's, you know, an elite scorer, and every time she's feeling good, we have an opportunity to, you know, really go after teams. It was really great to see a balanced scoring effort, though, with those three really lighting it up and then everybody else doing their part. What a game. What a game. What a Enjoy game. this one. Have a great, great evening. and. Uh, back at it for practice, but I know you'll be celebrating this one. We sure will. Thank you so Way much. Rebecca Tillett, head coach of the Billikens, with the win, 87-84 over Fordham. Making it dropped in 33 today. Double zero had quite a game. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What a game. And I love, you got to love this. You're get, you got people waiting for autographs, so I don't want to <laughs> keep you very long. But uh, to put together a performance like that as a team, first and foremost, that is had to be a team effort to beat a team like that. Oh, for sure. Um, we had to have a really positive mindset coming in. You know, we're underdogs going against top three in the A-10 conference, and so we really had nothing to lose. And before huddle, you know, we talked about you never know when it's your last basketball game. So come out here, play, and don't leave with the, I should have did this, should have did that. Give it all out in the court, and I think everyone did that. There's a lot going on out there. There's just a lot of great players on the floor, period. Uh, but you find a way to beat this team. Toughness is something that just has to be. I mean, it's it, you can. It, there's effort and toughness beyond talent. And mm -hmm. one thing that you were uh, congratulated for with Coach Tillett right there, but we also saw it in the first half was your defense. Uh, how did you feel like you played defensively? Um, I'm really trying to work on not being a defensive weakness for this team. So it meant a lot to be able to make defensive plays for my teammates. And there's, you know, Julia, Ken, Brooke, they go out every day, you know, every game working very hard on defense. And I want to be able to rise up to their level and do the same thing. You lost Camry. Uh, Kennedy was in foul trouble early. Julia making things happen out there, a number of players. When that happens, when you lose your point guards, what do you have to do offensively? Um, 
just help, you know, we can't you know, shy back and let Julia do everything. We have to be options. We have to make sure that we can catch her pass. We're open for her. And just good composure from Julia. You know, you have, you know, Ken going down, Cam going down. It could have been, you know, too much pressure, but she handled it perfectly and was able to get 13 assists. And it's just, you know, to three turnovers, which is you really had to, she really had to rise and she uh, proved that she could do it. You have found your scoring touch, not that you ever lost it, but you, you uh, lit it up today. And one last thing, before the game, you were honored as a 2,000-point scorer. Just reflecting back on your college career with so much more still to accomplish, what does that mean to you? Oh, it means everything. Um, not many people know, but I wasn't. Uh, Longwood was my only D1 offer. It was my only second offer that I ever got out of high school. So it means a lot to be able to uh, reach the success I have when before I wasn't even known, <laughs> like I wasn't even a known player. And just, I thank Tillett every day. Then, you know, she was my cannonball experience. After meeting her, all these amazing things have happened, and I wouldn't be here without her. So, Pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Congratulations on the win. That's a big one. Thank you. Thank you. That's big right there. I love that from Kyla McMakin. She said, not a lot of people know this, but the only Division One offer I got was from Longwood. Now here she is at St. Louis University dropping in 33 points. Pretty special. 2,000-point scorer in Division One college basketball. Not a lot of those. Only 10 active players are. Back after the news from the Stiefel Sports Studio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 